0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم فاسألوا أهل الذكر إن كنتم لا تعلمون وقال نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حديث رواه الإمام البخاري ونرويه عنه بإسناد متصل عن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال بينما النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في مجلس يحدث القوم جاءه أعرابي فقال متى الساعة فمدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يحدث فقال بعض القوم سمع ما قال فكره ما قال وقال بعضهم بل لم يسمع حتى إذا قضى حديثه قال أين أراه السائل عن الساعة قالها أنا يا رسول الله قال فإذا ضيعت الأمانة فانتظر الساعة Kala Kaifa Ida Atuha, Kala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ida Wus Sidal Amru illayri ehlihif and ta'risa All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger, our Master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Ta'ala said in his book, Ask the people of remembrance if uh, you are unaware of something. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith narrated by the Imam Bukhari وتعالى, in his jami' sahih, from which we narrate with an unbroken chain of narration, from Sayyidina Abu Hurairah anhu, who said that while we were sitting uh, in a gathering uh, in which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was speaking to the people, uh, a Bedouin uh, came and he cut in and he said, uh, he asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when is the last hour? the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam continued to speak uh, and it was something that half of the people who were there or some of the people who were there, they um, thought maybe the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam heard what he said and he just didn't like the way he cut in or he didn't like what the question was and some of them thought maybe the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam just didn't hear him uh, because he just kind of kept going through the thing that he was saying uh, until he finished uh, the topic he was speaking about and he uh, uh, then said, uh, "Where is the questioner about thee? About the last hour." This word urahu, the Hafiz ibn Hajar in the Fath, he says that uh, it's a word of shock. It's a word to indicate lack of 100% uh, 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 conviction that this is the exact wording of the Hadith from the narrator uh, 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 uh and. So it reads in other, uh, in other copies of Bukhari that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa asked without it, ina an assa'a? Where's the person who asked about the last hour? And so the man said, uh, here I am, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said, uh, When uh, uh, when the amana, the trust that's been given is wasted, then uh, await the last hour. And the man then asked, how is it going to be wasted? Uh, and uh, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam answered uh, when the uh, command or the affair is given to those people who don't deserve it. wusid al-amru." And here, uh, you know, means what? It means literally, uh, the word we saw that many people know in Arabic language means like a pillow or a cushion. So, Tawseed is a, like a metaphor for seating somebody on the pillow or the cushion or the throne of, uh, of authority. Uh, any authority, whether it be the Imam uh, al-Uthma, the Khilafah, you know, being the sovereign ruler of all of the Muslims, or whether it be the authority of his ministers or the authority of judges or the authorities of authority of muftis or the people of knowledge. Um, whatever types of authority there are, you'll see people who are driven by their cowardice or by their covetousness or by their petty-mindedness or by their ignorance or by their uh, uh, lack of understanding. Uh, uh, that when you see that happening, that the positions of authority are being given to the people who uh, are not suited for it, they're not fit for it, um, then you know that the amana, the trust Allah gave us, uh, is being wasted in terms of the deen. And when the trust is being wasted, uh, uh, then you have nothing to do except for uh, to wait for the last hour. And so, this is, unfortunately, a problem that we suffer in, uh, in the time that we live to the point where some people uh, have built inside of them the jura, the, uh, the courage to, despite themselves, know very little about the deen and really not take it as a priority to learn what the deen has to teach, whether it be uh, the deep study of the Qur'an uh, in its subsidiary sciences, in the, the syntax and morphology of the Arabic language, in the, um, in the uh, rhetorical style of the Arabic language, whether it be the narrations that explain the Qur'an, uh, whether it be the, uh, uh, the parts of the Qur'an, some of them that explain the other parts, or the nasikh and the mansukh the abrogating uh, uh, parts that abrogate and the parts that are abrogated, um, whether it has to do with the knowledge of the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, be that in an operational form, which is the fiqh, which has been systematized by the four madhabs of the Sunnah, uh, whether it be uh, in the not only study of aqidah on a very cursory level, but uh, thereafter the study of the ilmu kalam, which preserves, uh, according to the um, madhab of the uh, of the Asha'irah and Maturidiyah, uh, or at least to some degree the uh, madhab of the uh, uh, Athariyah. Uh, which themselves take calamic positions in order to boycott kalam. Uh, that all of those are deep areas of study. Even the atharis that, that uh, don't, uh, or purportedly don't engage in kalam. Uh, there's a quite sophisticated argumentation that they put forth in order to defend the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam from its uh, detractors and defend the deen of Allah Ta'ala from those who would lie against it. That A person who hasn't studied any of these things, Um, A person who has uh, not even bothered to uh, learn how to uh, understand the most basic expressions of the Arabic language uh, in its reading and its writing, uh, as opposed to the modern vernacular uh, dialects, which have about as much uh, connection to classical Arabic as perhaps Spanish or Italian uh, do to to Latin, uh, meaning to the point of uh, uh, relative unintelligibility. Um, That those people, when they have so much courage, so much courage that they would uh, call out the people who spent years of their life uh, as children and as adults, uh, not only serving the deen because we're, uh, mashallah, people are bent toward activism. This is somewhat of a uh, kind of Judeo-Christian Protestant uh, 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 hue that that we've been dyed in, that we, uh, you know, take material things to be of substance whereas ideas and uh, spiritual or intellectual achievements we don't really think much of them um that those people who put aside their their service to the deen the concrete service to the deen they spent years trying to understand these things from the people who understood them in the generations from before they sat at the feet of the mashaykh in the zawaya and the khanqas and they received tarbiyah to the point where they receive ijazah from their mashaykh they uh, sat at the feet of the fuqaha not for money uh, not for uh uh, not for fame not for a degree uh, and sometimes going to the best of the ulama in order to learn Involves actually receiving no certific- certification or uh, diploma or credentialing at all. And they did those things uh, for open ended periods of time for 10, 20 years. And uh, they learned first and then had opinions later. They learned first and then they opened their mouths later. People like uh, Mufti Taki, uh, you know, is not unique in this example that he said that myself and my brother Mufti Rafi' who were the former uh, Grand Mufti of the Islamic Republic and the uh, Supreme Court Sharia, Supreme Court Chief Justice of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, um, that for 10 years, after graduating from madrasa, not after starting, after graduating from madrasa, their mashaykh, uh, their shaykh, uh, 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 shaykh uh, Dr. Abdul Al Arifi, rahimahullah ta'ala, actually put an embargo on them that you're not allowed to speak. For 10 years, you're not allowed to speak in public. Uh, just go ahead and teach your things that you're going to teach. And what does teaching mean? For a person of that level of accomplishment, is that they're going back and reviewing their old books and reading new books in order to shore up and consolidate the knowledge that they had from before. That those are the people that we put forth in front of the Qom. And if someone wants to uh, object that, look, you're flapping your mouth, you're opening your mouth, and you're talking, and you didn't do all of these things either, you would be 100% right. You would be 100% right, and I'm not going to debate with you on this issue. However, for this reason, I myself am a little bit shy and hesitant before opening my mouth. And I think twice uh, before opening my mouth about somebody who's gone through this process from before. And sadly, there are a number of people who don't have the humility to admit that they haven't gone through this process. Look, if you haven't gone through this process, it doesn't mean that you're a kafir or you're a jahil or that you haven't done anything for Islam or that you uh, hate Islam or that you're a hypocrite or you're munafiq or any of these things. But what it does mean is that you're not a scholar of that level. You should admit it instead of being a faker and you should do what you're told uh, by the mashayikh and by those people who have reached that maqam uh, as a type of of, uh, uh, apprenticeship process uh, to the point where you can work under their supervision. And then afterward, uh, uh, when there's no other choice to anybody else except for to come to you because the people of knowledge that have more than you have all passed, then you become sheikh. And if you're fortunate enough never to see such a day, Alhamdulillah, the responsibility doesn't fall upon your shoulders. This has always been the way of the Ahl-Sunnah al Jama'a, from uh, the Maghrib al-Arabi, from Morocco all the way to Indonesia and whatever's in the north and whatever's in the south and whatever's west of there and whatever's east of there. Uh, And the problem is what? Is that that level of scholarship, that level of exacting science, it doesn't get advertised. It doesn't have any sort of government system of patronage that can give authority. Allama Iqbal, the great poet uh, of the uh, of the Indian subcontinent in the past century, uh, he mentioned uh, in, a, in an epistle that he wrote uh, to uh, the uh, first Indian president, uh, uh, Nehru, uh, that ignorant people, to them, There's no such thing as argument or superior argument to them. There is only authority. They only recognize authority. If you see somebody with a big turban, that guy must be sheikh. If you see someone flapping their mouth, that person must be sheikh. If you see somebody walk into a room and speak with confidence, wah, self-esteem and confidence, uh, that person must be sheikh. And by this standard, the sheikh of the akwan is none other than iblis because he had so much courage that his confidence not only was it uh, able to withstand the uh, you know the bowing of the rest of the angels and the uh, the uh, going against the rest of the angels it was even able to uh, uh, withstand and contravene the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself بالله, uh, and we all know uh, how much of a fail that is and why that's a fail uh, so this is the first the first thing I I, I wanted to mention that this Ilm is an amana, and it's an amana greater than the government, and it's an amana greater than the khilafah. It's an amanah greater than money because money comes and goes. However, wahi only comes from Allah Ta'ala one time. Once it's wasted, we lose it. And we know before the end of time, our ummah will lose all sorts of knowledge. Before the end of time, the ummah will lose the Qur'an uh, after the coming of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, to the point where it will even lose the name of Allah Ta'ala, the divine name that the hadith of Sahih Muslim is that uh, when the last person who knows the divine name, Allah, Allah uh, leaves this world, then the the in fact, the greater uh, part of the yom al the actual physical destruction of the world uh, is going to be upon us context is important so what's going to end up happening is you're going to have these jackals and hyenas every one of which is going to say man Sultan every one of which is going to say do you know my father was king why because they find five minutes in which the lion is uh, uh, not watching over the jungle the lion in the metaphor being the actual ulama who are the الانبياء, who are the uh, heirs of the prophets and the jackals and the hyenas being the people who shortcutted all of these things and pretended um, and they pretended so well. Not only did they fool other people, but they're even able in some special cases. I think the most intense, and the, actually the worst cases, they're able to fool themselves. Um, they're able to drink their own Kool-Aid. Uh, that they say, you know, my father used to be king, meaning because there's no consequences, they themselves are going to try to claim that they're king. The Sifa of such people, the description of such people in this age, and there are many of them, and it's a tendency even amongst people who have very good intentions. The description of such people in this age that I've seen anecdotally, and so you can take it or leave it, is people who love to defend Islam and want to be the great defenders and the righteous defenders of Islam. They want to defend Islam enough to be able to stand up and shout somebody down and denounce somebody. But they don't love Islam enough to be able to make it to the Masjid to pray. They don't love Islam enough to be able to crack a book open and read فَعَلَ and دَخَلَ and فَتَحَ and ضَرَبَ and the different abwa'ab of sarf and they, uh, you know, إِنَّ ال, uh, uh عِنْدَنَا uh, 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 فَلْ uh, they don't have enough himma or courage to sit down and crack open a book of Nahu. Uh, they don't have uh, the himma to sit down and crack open the uh, syllabus of uh, of the books of fiqh of any one of the uh, four madhahib. They don't have the time or the patience to sit down and crack open a book with one of the mashaykh of the ilmu kalam They don't have the uh, capacity to sit down uh, in one of the khanqahs, one of the zawayah of the mashaykh and take the divine name in, in solitude, even though it's a commandment of the Quran. Someone says, well, I think Sufism is a bid'ah and uh, that's uh, in and of itself an issue to deal with at some later time. But Allah Ta'ala Himself says in His book, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says in his book he says uh uh, uh um wa dhukuri rabbika wa watabtal ilayhi tabtila he says that take and honor the name of your lord and cut off from everything else watabtal ilayhi tabtila and when inqata ilayhi inqita'an cut off from everything else uh, uh, complete cutting off uh, 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 um, emphatic uh, cutting off uh from from all other things they don't want to do those things they don't want to spend years doing those things to the point where taking the divine name is a a second nature they don't want to read khatam after khatam of the quran they don't want to do any of those things they don't want to learn any of those things what do they want to do they're ready to get up and shout somebody down now look everyone when they're threatened gets angry everybody when they're threatened they get angry it's not even only a human trait in fact the wounded animal whose back is to the wall uh, that's the most vicious animal uh, of them all. It's not something that you have to even be a human being in order to do, much less a, a Muslim or a person of Iman. You know, ghayrah is important, but all of ghayrah is not encompassed in this uh, wounded animal type complex. So I get the fact that life is difficult. I get the fact that if you believe in Allah and His Rasul and if you believe in only two genders, and if you believe in marriage be- being between a man and a woman, and if you believe in, uh, you know, many... Very commonly accepted things that are realities of not only Islam, but just realities of being a human being um, that seem to be, you know, as days go by and as years uh, peel into years, they seem to be kind of f- floating away and turning into the non standard opinion and making people uh, into pariahs just for holding those things that used to be considered common sense or common knowledge. I get that that can be jarring and disorienting and you can feel wounded about it. But you know, just getting this feeling inside of you like you're going to just lash out at the world and uh, just harm uh, anything and everything that reminds you of your insecurity. This is not a good thing. Uh, this is a very self-destructive uh, impulse. And this is the reason the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when a man came to him for guidance, uh, uh, he gave him a piece of advice. Ibn Abi Zayd, uh, تعالى, he was nicknamed Little Malik because of his great maqam, both in hadith and in fiqh, like Imam Malik تعالى, had. Uh, he mentions in his Risala that the Akhlaq of the Sunnah, all of them, they, 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 they branch out from four basic ahadith, uh, uh, you can find a summary of them branching out from four basic ahadith. One of them is the advice the Messenger of Allah وسلم, gave to a man which is don't get angry. And the man didn't take this advice seriously. So he says, give me more advice. And the Rasul said, don't get angry. Meaning the person thought, okay, that's fine. Check. You know, it's not like that big of a deal. And, uh, Rasul sallallahu Alaihi repeated twice and then a third time don't get angry meaning this is a really big part of your tarbiyah. this is a really big part of your deen why because when you know your eyes fill with blood and the world gets colored red uh, because of your anger and your frustration and how threatened you feel uh, and whatnot then what will end up happening is you're going to do a lot very v- with your mind and with your body, with your tongue, uh, very vigorously, but the amount of harm you're going to visit on yourself is going to be a lot more than the harm that you uh, do to your enemy, uh, and it's going to be a lot m- more than the islah or the rectification or the benefit that you do to yourself or to anybody else. Uh, and so, uh, you know in this context in this context we see a very uh, sad case uh, of what has happened that imam uh, uh, zayd ta'ala, uh, he was quoted by uh, a person who at this point i don't think there's any you know a person who is intelligent is not going to have any trouble finding out who i'm talking about and given that what was said was said in a public forum uh, this is no longer an issue with regards to backbiting but i'm not going to take the person's name because uh, it seems to me that they have a pattern of uh, seeking uh, attention, uh, uh, even though uh, uh, even though such attention seems to be evaporating. The race to the race to be recognized and the race to be relevant to a discussion, uh, when you're just a one-trick pony, uh, you know that struggle is a real struggle. Uh, and I don't take these words lightly, but uh, they're a very normal, uh, a very regular, and a very reasonable outcome uh uh from uh uh you know from 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 what the words of this person what they did he quotes imam zaid shakir who who allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala give him long life and protect him he's not a person i agree with everything he does or says uh, uh but in general i you know i have never seen him to be a person to uh, espouse anything uh, other than the aqidah of the Ahl-Sunnah and al and whenever asked for uh, you know clarifications he gives very uh, reasonable and sound clarifications on matters of creed and fiqh and then as far as the issue uh, issues of politics if you disagree with him you dis- disagree with him politics is not what you believe uh, uh, or what's right or wrong in terms of the sacred law but how you're going to go about implementing that in an uh, ideal world in an imperfect world in that in that field, in that field of politics, you can't necessarily say somebody is right or wrong. You can say, I really strenuously disagree with this person. But a person has to cross the lines of fiqh. They have to cross the lines of aqidah before you can even denounce them, much less cast aspersions on their faith. Uh, uh, so uh, Imam Zaid, taala, give him from his mercy and Allah taala protect him as well. He says, as Muslims, we recognize the right of LGBTQ plus people to do whatever they want to. Uh, uh, and then he gives ellipses, but that doesn't mean I'm waving the rainbow flag and advocating for that. And uh, uh, then this uh, person then asked, do you think that the Prophet uh, Lut supported the right of the Qawm Lut, meaning the people of Sodom, uh, uh, who were known for uh, their debauchery, in particular uh, the crime of Sodomy. Uh, uh, the, the, qom, the right of the Qawm of Lut uh, to uh, uh, do their actions, to do, quote-unquote, what they want to do, or that he just wanted them to know that their actions are technically haram. Uh, and then he goes on, uh, he goes on with a, a long tract, basically misconstruing uh, what Imam Zayd is trying to say. Look, uh, context is really important when talking about the law and when talking about creed. Context is very important when talking about the law and talking about creed. Even this idea that people have free will versus predestination, context is very important. Why? Because the sharia makes us responsible for our actions. But at some point or another, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who makes all choices. And from a particular context, nothing happens in the universe except for uh, because Allah ta'ala wants it to happen. Now, if I were to say, you know, you can... Do this, and you can do that. You have a choice. Forget about w- with regards to something that's known to be a sin. With regards to anything, you can take you know purple uh, uh, skittles, or you can take orange skittles. And uh, a person then says to him, "Look at this. You've made kufr and the you've made kufr and the attributes of Allah Taala. Why? Because Allah Taala is uh, 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 is omnipotent." And Allah Taala is all-knowing, and He knew everything that was going to happen before the creation of the heavens and the earth. And you att- attributing choice to you- yourself is uh, somehow a, a, a violation of the belief in Allah Taala's omnipotence, and uh, therefore I consider you to be a kafir. This is completely ridiculous. This is stupidity. Why? Because context is important. If you say in a universal sense that a person has con- has choice in uh, a context which is uh, universal and that is free from Allah Ta'ala's I- 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 omnipotence, the one who's described by Tahawi as ولا ولا that he doesn't, uh, he's never extinguished, nor does he perish, nor is uh, anything. does anything exist except for because he wants it to exist. If you cherry pick a statement like this, because the sacred law, I mean, still recognizes that a person has something inside of them that it, it connects with, Uh, choice whether it be good or bad and that connection that happens makes the person worthy of punishment or eligible for God's grace for a person to take the statement out of the context that it's in and then put it into another to completely uh, uh, alien uh, context from uh, that in which it was stated it's completely ridiculous and all I can say is the person who said such a thing, either the person is unbelievably naive and unbelievably untrained in, in rhetoric uh, and in the, the speech, not only of the Arabs, but in the speech of human beings. And unbelievably, unbelievably uh, unintelligent that the person has no right to say anything. Uh, forget about with regards to intellectual affair, the intellectual affairs of the Muslims, that that person really doesn't have any uh, right to say anything about the deen whatsoever. Either that's the case or they are intentionally misconstruing what uh, Imam Zaid is saying uh, as they've intentionally misconstrued what a number of other people in the past have said and done. And uh, that's completely and 100% unacceptable. And sadly, uh, you know, and there are examples in the Quran, how are you gonna, you know, Imam Zaid, what was the context of what he said? You know, with regards to the LGBTQ uh, having the right to choose or the freedom to choose, uh, or uh, just let me look at it again so I don't uh, mess up the exact words. It's, as Muslims, we recognize the right of LGBTQ plus people to do what they want to do. Uh, what, does, what is the recognition of that right? The context of it is what? Is that we recognize that we're not living in a society in which the sharia is being upheld or that it's uh, accepted by people. Now, put aside for a second this issue that even the mutakallimun, considered what considered a person's deeds a person's deeds uh in uh uh kuffer to be largely irrelevant to be largely irrelevant there's a discussion whether or not if a person does good deeds but dies on kuffer uh, will that somehow result in a a a lowering of their punishment in the hellfire or not um but you know largely irrelevant in both cases why because everybody who goes to the hellfire all all of them every single one of them will uh, f- feel in themselves that I'm the one who has the worst punishment. There's nobody in uh, God's creation who's being punished worse than I am. So to take a people who are in Kufr in the first place and be preoccupied with what they do in their bedrooms behind closed doors, to the extent that you what that you would not only go on a tirade against people who uh, uh really are not condoning it at all and act like you're condoning it, but to pretend like you're even doing them some sort of service or you're doing us some sort of service is utterly ridiculous. The da'wah of the Prophet was not to the sacred law. The da'wah of the Prophet was to the Aqaid, to the beliefs of Islam that God is one and that Muhammad is his messenger and in order, in a hierarchy of priorities uh, with the order of the priorities of the Aqaid of Islam. And uh, thereafter, uh, thereafter to uh, uh, say that Imam Zaid who was obviously just saying that in this country because the people are not Muslims first of all secondly uh, they do not recognize the Sharia as being true nor do they uh, have any uh, apparatus by which they're going to uh, enforce or accept the Sharia uh, nor would it benefit them in any uh, in any significant way uh, if they did so without faith uh, to recognize as just a matter of fact that this is the situation, that they're free to do what, what, what they want to do. In the same way, a person might recognize that uh, idols used to exist in the Kaaba uh, before uh, the Fath of the Prophet ﷺ and his Mubarak companions, رضي الله تعالى, أجمعين. May Allah be pleased with them and may Allah elevate their rank uh, until the al Qiyamah and make those who follow their way above the people who oppose it until the Day of Judgment. Just to acknowledge the fact that, look, these people are worshipping their, their idols and we can't do anything about it. We recognize that that's, that's the case. They have right now the, they have the, the prerogative to do whatever they want to. Nobody can do anything about it right now until the Fath is secure. Uh, this is not in any way sanctioning or condoning it. And the thing is a normal human being understands that context. But what happens is people have this kind of wounded animal syndrome and they feel like their backs are to the wall and they feel like they're, uh, uh, you know, that the whole world, the sky is falling on them, the world is crumbling around them. And to some degree or another, one can excuse people for feeling that way. Although a person who is a person of dhikr will always remember, and it's hard, I have to remind myself as well sometimes, but a person of dhikr will always remember that Allah Ta'ala created the heavens and the earth from nothing, who created created this uh, whole creation, in order to test you to see which one of you is the best in their deeds, that He's completely in control at, at all times, and if he's with you and you're with him, if you're a wali of Allah, if you're a friend of Allah Ta'ala and he's your friend, which is the purpose of being created, that a person was created in order to keep doing good deeds, one and one after the other in faith in Allah Ta'ala until them that person and Allah become friends. And then their work here is done, that they move on to the place Allah created for them forever and ever. To have that inside of you, you should be able to calm yourself down, take a deep breath and think about what you're doing before you do it. And not feel threatened by a statement that may seem to you to be somehow fanning the flames or being whatever, going light on the LGBTQ uh, fitna or whatever. But it's really not any of those things at all. It's really just a figure of speech that's used in the Quran itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so many times in the Quran, لَكُمْ ذِينُكُمْ That to you is your religion, to me is mine. Does it mean that He's condoning their religion? Absolutely not. This is the say that the uh, Haqq, the truth comes from your Lord. Whoever wishes can believe, whoever wishes can disbelieve. Allah Ta'ala allowed that choice to happen. It's not, it's not in any way any sort of moral uh, 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 condoning or uh, sanction of, uh, uh, of Kufr. بالله, of disbelief. And it's really interesting. In this exact uh, uh, statement uh, uh, that is screenshotted in this defamatory post, Imam Zaid actually says in the second, you know, in the second half of the screenshot of his that's quoted. But that doesn't mean that I'm waving the rainbow flag and I'm advocating for that. Meaning I'm not. I'm not in favor of any of it. The person who wished to understand something would have understood something. The person who didn't wish to understand something, who wants to look, right? Uh, Allah Ta'a describes the, the, the people of Iman الَّذِينَ alqaula, ahsanahu. The people who listen um, uh, intently whatever is said, and they follow the best of it, and they follow what's said in the best of its possible meanings, instead of being like that, to cherry pick the worst possible meaning and then to completely hack down uh, somebody that I know left America, and, you know, I, we visited Damascus in, you know, in 2000, and he's still there studying as a man whose age is more than my age is right now. Uh, a person who went to Morocco to complete his uh, uh, memorization of the Qur'an, a person who received his khilafah from one of the uh, uh, great uh, uh, mashayikh of uh, Damascus, of the tariqah shaviliyah, themselves people, if you want to talk about who is, um, you know, who is the person who stood for the haq and who is the person who stood for the deen, the tariqa shaviliyah came from the west, from the gharb the Mashaikh, the Sheikh uh, uh, Sidi Ahmed uh, Al-Alawi and uh, uh, Muhammad Hashimi that that brought the tariqah to, uh, that brought the tariqah to uh, uh, Sham, brought it because they were uh, resisting the French colonial occupation. Uh, And when uh, Sham falls to the the French, they came to uh, organize uh, and to promote resistance against them as well. And so to be the Khalifa of those people afterward who taught all of their murids the Murshid al Mu'in uh, Shaykh Ahmed al Alawi? we have sitting over here, he has a, uh, a commentary on the Murshid al Mu'in of Ibn Ashir. It's a book of, uh, people say it's a book of Maliki Fiqh, but it's so much more. Its first section is on, on, on Aqeedah, and in particular, a Kalamic view of Aqeedah. Then afterward, Tahara, Salat, uh, 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 Siyam, uh, Zakat, and Hajj, and then a uh, 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 facile on, on Tasawwuf. Um, and it used to be at some time uh, when, uh, uh, to quote uh, Sheikh Nuh, when sheikhs were Sheikhs and Marids were scared, it used to, at some time to be actual Marid instead of just a person who says CD and has like a $700 misbah and like a really expensive topi, um, uh, mashallah. Uh, it used to be something that the murids actually had to memorize. And the uh, concentration of their himma used to be in implementing this in their own lives and spreading it to other people. Uh, to say that the person who is an inheritor of this uh, tradition uh, somehow now uh, you know has become soft on lgbtq just because of because of a, a turn of phrase which you either misunderstood or deliberately misconstrued and plays on the the vulnerabilities the emotional vulnerabilities of Muslims who feel like their back is to the wall and feel like they have to put their claws out right now in order to defend their uh, defend islam even the rasul sallallahu wa was never like that even when the enemies held the swords over his head uh, 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 and the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi was asked, who will save you now? He said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah. And if you knew how to say the divine name, like he knew how to say the divine name, the same thing would have happened, which is what the attacker starts to tremor and shiver and the sword falls from his hand and the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi picks it up and holds it over the hand of, uh, of his attacker and says, now who will save you from me? Uh, uh, and the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi when asked for mercy was, was, gave mercy. He gave compassion. And to say a compassionate uh, imam, to say uh, you know, to use this expression mockingly, I think it's a, a, a silly thing that only a person who doesn't have the due uh, uh, deference and respect for the Rasul would say. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, think that the people who say it, say it uh, in the meaning of Kufr in order to intentionally mock the Sunnah. But it, it's not something to mock. If you didn't know f- from before, know it now, because the uh, definition of Rahmah is, I, I mentioned this point, a couple of people said, well, you know, like, you know, compassionate isn't Rahmah, you know, that's, that's like Shafaqah or something like that. So we have right, right, right in front of us uh, an open copy of the Muqtar Siha. It's uh, by means an exhaustive uh, lexicon of the Arabic language, but one can say if you find it in the Muhtar, it's uh, definitely from the main uh, uh, meanings of the uh, uh, of the word that a rahmatu, a ta'atufu that he defines mercy as uh, rahma as and ta'atuf. So you go to the uh, uh, definition of rikah, waqad shayu bil kasri wa غَيْرُهُ ghayruhu wa raqqaqahu tarqiqan wa tarqiq kalami that uh, uh, the 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 tarqiq of speech compassionate speech is it's tahsin to speak beautifully to people uh, وَتَرَقَّقَ لَهُ lahu ay raqqalahu and to uh, have tarqiq to have riqqa for somebody is to what is to soften your heart uh, uh, towards something. To have a soft heart towards something, uh, to have riqqa uh, towards something, is the opposite of being uh, harsh with them. And the other word that's uh, uh, mentioned uh, in the uh, definition in the Muhtara of rahma is ta'atuf, and atafa, yani mala, atafa it's it means to, it's for something to incline or to turn towards something, like you bend a piece of wood. Uh, uh فنعطفة, so it's it's in attafa meaning it bent. Wa uh, thanaha, uh, and if you uh, fold a pillow, that means that the that you made etfa of it, that you folded that thing, meaning it becomes very humble in front of that thing. Wa'atafa yani uh, and uh, to make atfan something means to show shafaqa which is the word that they were saying that compassion means, it's all there in the meanings of rahmah. Uh, and our Rasul Sallallahu Wasallam was what? He was the nabi Rahmah. Uh, 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 and so I find that, I find that uh, uh, mocking use of this word as if compassion, uh, to be compassionate is in any way something to be mocked, extremely ridiculous. And for those who say, well, we're using it against those people who misconstrue things in the deen, uh uh, then please you know for the sake of god you know go after the things that they misconstrue because there are all sorts of people who uh you know have things that are emblems of the deen and they do wrong things so if you see somebody who's a thief and he has a beard say oh look at these bearded ones this is ridiculous don't go after their beard go after the their theft and if you see uh, uh somebody who's a killer praying five times a day and say oh look at these musalleen uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, then this is ridiculous as well. And there are people who say, well, w- you know, there are examples in the Qur'an, The curse beyond the prayers, uh, 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 ساهون, that are forgetful in their prayer. Uh, it's the forgetfulness Allah is going after, and it's the, 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 the kuffar, the disbelievers and the hypocrites that Allah Ta'ala is going after, not after the ulama, not after the people who are the pious and righteous ones of the qawm, and not after the people who uh, are the ones who have learning Uh, uh, definitely uh, leagues and leagues uh, beyond the learning of the person who's going after them. Uh, This leads to another important point, which is what? There's an obligation in Islam to revere the ulama. Uh, We have uh, over here a copy, actually several copies of the different commentaries on the on the on the Aqidah Tahawiyah, this is one of the best editions, the Sharh of Qari Tayyib, one of Sheikh Amin's uh, and probably the preeminent uh, amongst uh, Sheikh Amin's uh, teachers. And, uh, you know, the Tahawiyah, one of the reasons we chose to teach it is not be- it's because it's not an advanced book at all. Rather, it's very basic and it uh, contains those things that all the ulama and all the Ahl al Sunnah agree on uh, as an Aqidah to the point where people of all of the different uh, uh, schools of thought, uh, of Kalam that we mentioned from before uh uh agree uh uh, uh about it uh, he mentions this is what ulama as-salafi min as-salihin as-sabiqina wa tabi'ina wa man ba'dahu min ahli al-khayr wal-athari wa ahli al-fiqh wal-nazari la yadhkuruna illa bil-jamil wa man dhakarahum bi-su'in fa huwa sabil that uh, people of knowledge from our righteous forebears uh, uh uh those who came before us and then those who followed them and those who came after uh, them uh from the people of goodness and the people of Athar, the people who stayed on the path of the Mashaykh that uh, uh, they came with from before. Um, the people who know fiqh, meaning understanding of the deen, and nadar, the people of, uh, of deep analysis. Um, they're not to be mentioned, except for in a beautiful way, and whoever mentions them in an ugly way, that person is uh, not on the path that we're on. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, this is basic, basic aqidah that those people, mashallah, they carry there, uh, ijazat from the mashayikh from before and those people who are on the path with them who receive and carry and are custodians and preservers of those same ijazat they're still alive so if you want to go after sheikh nu uh, ask the people who studied from his teachers even if his teachers are no longer with us anymore not sheikh nu afwan imam zaid uh, sheikh nu is one of them ask them is this person promoting uh, lgbtq uh, by this statement ask them Ask the other people of, uh, of, of similar ijazat. And if you're not going to ask them and you want to circumvent and bypass and think that you're somehow making a point, even though there's no point to be made over here, then this is a severe violation of the aqaid of Islam that you feel like you have the right to talk smack about the ulama. And people want to talk about Muslim unity and the ummah being united. And I've, on a number of occasions and a number of different platforms, spoken on this topic that Muslim unity is not possible on the platform of fiqh. And if we can't agree on fiqh, then we're definitely not going to agree on politics. The Sahaba, themselves agreed on neither of those two platforms. They neither agreed with one another on fiqh, on every fiqhi issue, nor did they uh, agree with one another on on politics. In fact, their uh, uh, contention with one another in politics went to extreme lengths. But still they considered themselves to be one ummah. Still they didn't disparage one another in deen. Still it's said that in the Battle of Sifin, one of the most destructive and heartbreaking chapters in the history of Islam, when two matched armies, the army of Sayyidina Muawiyah anhu, and the army of Sayyidina Ali, who is the true and rightful imam of his age, Karam Allah Ta'ala, Wajhahu Anhu, when they fought with one another by day, during night they would sit and eat with one another because their contention was political. It said that Sayyidina Muawiyah anhu used to send his scribe with questions, with fiqh questions and questions on matters of deen to ask Sayyidina Ali anhu because this is his opportunity to increase a in knowledge. Why? Because he never said that his contention with Sayyidina Ali anhu was in deen. His contention was over a political issue. The Muslims are not going to unite on the platform of fiqh. They're not going to unite on the platform of politics. That's for sure. What platform did they unite on? The platform that they united on was what? It was the platform of aqaid. If you're going to throw these aqaid out the window, you're not going to be able to unite. The issue is this, is that there is a a system of regulation for this platform. And that system is the system of ilm. And what we do is that we accept authority in all sorts of fields and we accept authority in government. We accept authority in, uh, um, You know, in in, in the workplace, we accept authority in the enforcement of laws. We accept authority in medicine. Nowadays, a person might say, oh, my God, well, that was maybe something that was so 2019. You can't really say that anymore. Even the people who uh, are against vaccination and even the people who are against masking, they have authorities that they look to that they uh, claim for proof. And oftentimes the people who are the most quote-unquote anarchic or anti-authoritarian, they themselves are calling to a set of authority. They just don't recognize it. Just like the people who say, well, I don't follow any madhab. I do my own ijtihad," And they don't know how to read Arabic. And so they're making taqlid. They're making blind following of the translations that they they read. or, Or they make blind following of other people's ideas from before. Because there's nothing new under the sun. Look, everything has some sort of hierarchy of authority. That's how society works. The utter utter ridiculousness of somebody who has no place in the hierarchy coming and making unbased claims and saying, look, well, I'm defending Islam and I'm defending the deen and unseating the people who actually earn those places. Um, And doing so with a type of recklessness and with a type of flagrancy uh, that betrays a lack of of, uh, respect, or a lack of veneration for the system that Allah Ta'a placed forth in his ummah, uh, which was described in this uh, last point of the tahawiyah that we read. Um, this is a subtle way of saying that the ummah will always be an anarchy. They're never going to have any sort of order. Why? Because you see there are people who actually had a legitimate claim to uh, uh, intellectual authority. The Rasul said about Sayyidina Umar, تعالى, عنه, Umar والسلام, that if there were to be a Nabi after me, and low precludes the possibility, the particle low, low is uh, completely hypothetical, which is not going to happen, but if there were to be a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar, but the subtext is that there isn't. Now, there's a dispute that happens between Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu. Uh, shortly after the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam passes from this world which is that Abu Bakr عنه, wanted to fight the people who weren't paying zakat uh, uh, and who refused to pay zakat after the Rasul sallallahu passed away. And Sayyidina Umar who seemed to be of the opinion that, uh, you know, it's difficult. How can you say that we fight a people who say la ilaha illallah? And he was chastised and upbraided by Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq r.a, who says, jabbarun fil jahiliyati wa fil islam. He says, oh, Umar, were you a tyrant in a strong and tough guy, and now you become a coward in Islam? Meaning he not only did not give him uh, a, a dalil at that point, rather he shut him up, purely based on his authority, on the fact that both of them knew that he had a higher rank in deen. From who? From the, from the statement of the Rasul Wasallam. And this is the maqam of the people of knowledge over the people who don't have knowledge. And when I say that, it's not a disparagement of the, the, the laity, the people who aren't professional ulama. In the same way that that wasn't a disparagement of Sayyidina Umar but rather a reminder for him to know his place. And to his credit, people say, oh, look, so outspoken. Reminds me of Sayyidina Umar. Sayyidina Umar, what did he say at that point? Didn't you know the Prophet said about me? If there's a Nabi who's going to come after him, it would have been uh, uh, me? No. Rather, he took his place and that was it. That was that anarchy. Anybody who refuses to accept any sort of hierarchy in matters of knowledge what will it result in it will result in anarchy and the sad thing is what is that we have a number of people who have small pieces of knowledge themselves or they may have positions in institutions or they may have positions uh, in, in terms of their their uh popularity amongst people and the people have thought this person knows everything very few people know everything if anybody at all And what ends up happening is they say, oh, look, so-and-so scholars have uh, endorsed such-and-such jahil who's spouting his uh, mouth off. No, actually, this is a sign of the bankruptcy of all of the above. Why? Because if you actually had the knowledge, you would say it yourself rather than resorting to put a person up who themselves has not bothered to uh, uh, study even a basic modicum of fiqh or aqidah or... Uh, of the Arabic language or of the Quran or of the Hadith at all in the first place, but those people don't. So they put forward someone else as a mouthpiece for, for their political goals. And sadly, mashallah, we have very idealistic uh, conceptions of how you know uh, Muslims would rule and how the ulama would be and whatever. The entire history of Islam is filled with uh, scholars using their uh, scholarship to manipulate uh, people for political ends, and politicians uh, using the ilm of ulama uh, in order to manipulate for for uh, political ends as as well uh these are things that happen but uh, the fact is that whenever the jahil is the mouthpiece uh, uh you know it's like the 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 police when they do a drug bust they don't want to get the guy on the street they want to get the pick kingpin who is the big supplier who's bringing in the cocaine by the tons into the country rather than the poor guy muskine who's like hustling on the uh, uh you know on some like bad part of town on the street uh, on the street corner because when you take one of them out another one will come in fill his place Leaderlessness is completely dysfunctional. The person who is open to the idea that any, you know, Luka'a ibn Luka'a and Shadh ibn Fadh and Fulan ibn Fulan, whoever so an unknown person, the son of an unknown person is going to come forward. Unknown meaning what? Not necessarily in your lineage, but unknown in terms of your scholarship and unknown in terms of your service to Deen, other than sitting behind a keyboard or bad-mouthing people which there are many, by the way, there are troll farms uh, uh, of people who have anonymous uh, accounts on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all of these things. And all they're doing is talking crap and sowing garbage and uh, sowing animosity between Muslims. And we take all of it seriously, that whoever thinks that all and sundry has a right to an opinion, that's not the case, even here in the United States, even where there is a First Amendment, and it's also, uh, uh, you know, that acceptance of that that idea is an acceptance that there will never be any sort of uh, united Muslim Ummah whatsoever. It's just that people haven't thought of it that way. They don't think things through deeply. It's like someone heard a story that in such and such hospital, you know, uh, there's a particular life saving surgery that a particular surgeon would uh, perform for thirty years straight and uh, the janitor would be cleaning the OR while that surgery was being performed. And for the whole 30 years, he watched that surgery being performed. And one day the, 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 the surgeon couldn't make it and there was a, a patient who was gonna die. And the janitor says, you know what? I've seen this surgery more times than you can count. I can, I can sit and I can uh, do the surgery and save the person's life. You may as well give me a shot because there's no other choice. And so they give him a shot and he saves that person's life. Very inspiring. And things like this actually have happened uh, in, in in real life. What does that mean? Does that mean that you give every uh, uh, janitor and every OR the knife and say, uh, do every surgery? No, that's completely ric- ridiculous. Rather, these things are the exceptions to the rule. Even when you have a person of ilm that gets corrected by a... A, a, a lay person those things are the exceptions to the rule and they definitely uh, don't mean that uh, somehow uh, you know that those janitors or those uh, people who are there they're talented at, at cleaning the OR that, that they know anything about what's going on in the surgery and if you believe that uh, I'm wrong then please by all means go ahead and have your loved ones your children your parents uh, and yourselves uh, operated on uh, by the janitor instead of wasting your time and energy going to the hospital uh, at that point uh, nothing is right in uh, the heads of people if you tell somebody it's daylight and they say well what's your proof uh, and so this brings us back to a more important and a more general issue which is there's frustration The frust- frustration is pal- palpable uh, in the ummah and really the ummah is uh, being treated badly all over the world it's being beaten up for certain things Uh, uh, that are uh, unreasonable, and we see whether it's in China, millions of our Uyghur brothers and sisters and Muslim brothers and sisters being put into concentration camps, whether it be the entire uh, nation of Kashmir, which is under military occupation, whether it be the entire nation of the Palestinians under occupation, whether it be witnessing seeing Yemen and Iraq and Sham uh, being destroyed right before our eyes, the collapse of uh, any sort of uh, order in uh, Lebanon, the uh, failed state, uh, uh, the failed states, the litany of failed states that have the word "stan" at the end of them, uh, whether it be the desolation and destruction economically and politically of Somalia, uh, whether it be—I mean, the the—and the list goes on and on. We feel bad, whether it be our basic morals being eroded in in front of our eyes whether it be the family structure being ripped apart in front of our eyes and that you know that, that, that shearing force that's ripping the families whether it be us seeing those forces in our own homes what do we what do we do what do we do about it the answer is something that is uh, you know reported that was said by Imam Malik that the last part of this ummah is not going to be rectified by anything except for that which rectified the first part of this ummah and the first part of this ummah was rectified. What if you look at the Tartib of how the Quran was revealed? First, Allah Ta'ala taught the people about the Aqaid, and afterward came the Sharia that you have to learn both of them. So, I'm not implying that you do one and then the other, but those are the things first, your Aqaid, your Sharia, your purification, uh, 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 that's uh, then you, you know, that you, you stand and you purify your raiments. Um, that you purify yourself and that you make yourself a better person, that you connect yourself in groups of people, that you connect yourselves in groups of dhikr, that you connect yourselves in halakat of ilm. If you really are that passionate about defending Islam, but you don't have the time to learn sarf, you don't have the time to learn nahu, you don't have the time to learn fiqh, you don't have the time to spend serving the deen, serving uh, the masjid, not meaning like one volunteer day, but sweeping the floors, doing security. You know, mashallah, we have many men talk about a crisis of masculinity. Go do security in the masjid, go stand watch. It's a sunnah to stand watch in, in the masjid. The Rasul mentioned that the eye that the that, 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 that hellfire will not touch the eye that uh, stood watch uh, uh, over uh, uh, over the night. Go stand, watch in front of the masjid instead of hiring outside uh, outside security. Do these things, assemble yourselves, and you will practically start to participate in the life of the ummah. Otherwise, shooting off uh, you know, a, a retweet here and a retweet there, you can say, Hamza, you're guilty of it more than anybody else. Okay, خلاص, fine, I'm guilty. Do you want to be like that? I don't want to be like that. When I feel those moments, I feel like I'm that. I don't like myself either. And so what do, what do I do? I call one of the Mashaikh. I go visit one of the Mashaikh. I myself still participate in Dars. I still go to Dars. You can ask my teachers how good of a student I am. I still go to Dars every week and, and at least two hours uh, in a week I sit in Dars, if not three, four actually now that I think about it. And I'm not talking about teaching. I'm talking about myself learning. This is on top of the, the, the teaching but nobody wants to sit in any of those things people will people will make claims about authors they've never read they'll claim make claims about books that they've never read they'll claim sub, make claims about subjects not only do they not have ijazah Ijaza in uh, but they they really have never even read a book of that subject, and they get away with it because all of us are so illiterate, despite our master's degrees and bachelor's degrees and PhDs and you know law degrees and medical degrees. We're all illiterate in the in the uh, in the tradition, and despite even yes, I'll say it even our Nizami degrees and our madrasa uh, uh, degrees. Why? Because we looked for the degree and we didn't have the love of the knowledge. So we uh, took the degree and uh, sat as if we were a, 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 a judge or a nabi amongst his qawmul iyadu billah. And we stopped learning from books and we stopped reading and we stopped attending dars and we stopped attending the circles of the ulama and stopped learning those things that we're weak in in order to show ourselves up. The frustration has to be put into useful outlets. You know, and I'm not telling you just sit and pray and sit and make ibadah and sit and sweep the masjid. But what I'm saying is you start with those things and then you connect with other people doing those things. And as that process, you go through it more and more. That's how you build grassroots change. Change will happen when you get actual bodies and actual people meeting each other, talking to each other, getting on the same page, improving themselves spiritually and improving their learning and their intellectual capability and capacity, improving their skill in whatever uh, uh, department of dean that they uh, choose to serve. That's what's going to help ultimately. It doesn't matter. There are, you know, people say, "Oh, look, you know, you mouth off whatever you want to, just because you have ten thousand followers on Twitter." I'm telling you, it means absolutely nothing. I'm telling you, it means absolutely nothing. Nobody cares. Nobody reads. If I make a joke about, uh, uh, you know, something silly, or if I post a picture of a cat, it will get more traction than if I say something serious. This is a reality. This is a reality. We keep these things because why throw them away? Maybe we'll throw them away one day anyway, but the change doesn't happen in those things. The change happens when you actually do the work, when the feet hit the ground, and when you go through and live practical life. Alhamdulillah by Allah Ta'ala fadl. Alhamdulillah by Allah Ta'ala fadl. We ha- We've had so many experiences, whether it be through our service of the Halal Advocates, um, in bringing in bringing uh, halal food to the muslims uh, in north america whether it be uh, our, you know our service in in uh, imam as being imam which has been a complete roller coaster ride whether it's been our service uh, uh, in terms of answering questions or counseling students or people who just got out of prison or people who are new to islam or people who are in the most painful uh, stages of their life when people are happy nobody nobody knows me illa mashaallah but when people go through pain, then even, mashallah, I have I have non-Muslims. I have non-Muslim Serbs and Croats come and ask, you know, and people, non-Muslims of different religions and different nationalities, people you would never think would go to an imam for help. They come and they cry at my doorstep and I have to console them that you'll still, you'll be okay just because your girlfriend dumped you. You know, we all believe in Allah still. And, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, get a grip on yourself to give somebody to lift a person up and to give them the good word uh, at the same time. You learn by going through those types of things. This is not going to be benefited by, by by these types of uh, wars where you misconstrue. You get upset that you know somehow or another, like it seems that the universe of fifty-seven genders is imploding on your head. So somehow throwing Imam Zaid under the bus or or whatever, it's not gonna it's not gonna help. I said this statement that I said in simple text, mashallah, and I have people now saying, oh, you must be gay yourself. Ask my children, you know. Ask my, ask my, uh, you know, uh, uh, those who've married me. Ask, uh, uh, you know. Ask, ask whoever you want to ask, and look the people who speak the haq, always there will be somebody who will uh, go against them you don't even have to be a particularly saintly person this could be your one good deed you did in your life everything else is nonsense but the one time you speak the truth people are going to go after you in fact it's one of the hidden blessings of speaking the truth is that when people go after you for speaking the truth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a donkey to carry your bad deeds and to gift you whatever good deeds that they may have had in this world and in the hereafter uh, when you speak the truth and people go after you, you share in one of the ahwal of the Prophet ﷺ, albeit in su- such a minor way because the truth that you speak is nothing compared to the fr- profundity of the truth that he spoke ﷺ and your innocence and my innocence is not innocence at all when compared to the innocence of the Nabi Arabi, uh, the one who was the, the, uh, raised as the orphan of Banu Hashim and Allah Ta'ala gave him the maqam that he didn't give to anyone from the uh, kainat, from the alameen, uh, from his creation speaking the will always earn you enemies you should learn to be okay with that you should learn to be okay with that uh i myself alhamdulillah mashallah one of the badges of honor i wear i'm not a good person my knowledge is weak and anything you hear from me feel free not to believe it and to investigate from the actual ulama afterward and see is it worth taking from or not but alhamdulillah mashallah the fadl of allah ta'ala on me you can go and search youtube right now Anybody who has enmity for the deen of Allah Ta'ala in the way of the sunnah, those people, you'll see them come after me. The Qadianis have made several videos against me. Mashallah, the claimants of false prophethood, uh, of Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian. One of the videos in which comically they splice, they do like audio splicing in order to make me say things or seem like I'm saying things that I never even said. Who went after me? This clown from Birmingham who uh, denies uh, so many of the thawabit of, of deen, so many of the basic aqaid of deen and mocks the sharia of Islam, mashallah. It's like the man is infatuated with me. I think he's up to three videos that he's made against me. Who makes these videos and goes after me? Mashallah. Who, who does that? Uh, there was a, a man who uh, made jazam that Allah Ta'ala billah, has a body that sits in a chair in the sky. And he uh, uh, made a video in my masjid while I was Imam in that masjid. For saying what? For saying what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exalted above having direction. And for those of you who mashallah, because I actually think that even some of the individuals who listen to this video maybe maftoon with this aqidah, uh, 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 the proofs are many, are many. Uh, are many. But uh, 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 you know a simple uh, thing that you can you know chew on for for now is that even Imam Tahawi uh, 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 rahimahullah taala uh, uh, he mentions about Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, that Allah subhanahu wa taala is uh, 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 and I just uh, it'll just take me a second to uh, find it. He says that uh, uh, taala Allahu anil. Uh, 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 and uh, when i find the, the actual text uh, inshallah just to make sure that i didn't uh, uh, misquote uh, it'll be here but he says that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is um, exalted uh, above uh, 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 having any limits or having any extremities uh, or being held up or propped up by any pillars uh, or supports or by having any limbs or requiring any instruments in order to prosecute his uh, his command and he is not contained within the six directions meaning up, down, left, right, uh, uh, back, front that he is not, uh, 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 he's not uh, uh, contained within the six directions like created things, like all of created things uh, uh, have been uh, have been contained. And uh, this man, mashallah, because he was so upset about that, uh, he got up and uh, hacked me down uh, for for uh, negating uh, uh, the idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, resembles any anyway, of his creation. Again, a man who uh, never bothered to learn Arabic or never bothered to learn any of these things. But uh, he was disturbed uh, for whatever reason. The point is, is mashallah, this is a, a an honor for me uh, that people have uh, gone after me uh, like this. And you can go search all of these videos up on YouTube, and the amount of slander people have said uh, on uh, social media as well. Uh, it's mashallah sufficient. And uh, I bet the amount of things people have said behind closed doors are even greater than that because I'm not a you know I'm not a fashion model nor am I an Arab, nor am I a, a person from a great scholarly family, uh, uh, nor am I uh, someone who loses weight and feels great, uh, nor am I any of those things that people uh, uh, love or respect. Uh, rather, I just put forward uh, those things that, those few things that we understood from the many things that were told to us by, uh, uh, by our teachers. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's basically all we have to offer. And so if you want to do that, you uh, right here, عن الحدود والغايات والأدوات لا تحويه الست المبتدعات That, you know, if you, if you do that, then people will come after you and you should just be okay with it. Don't worry about it. I don't care. There are many people who listen to this video and uh, uh, they'll find, you know, they'll find my mistakes and they'll tell me and I'll honor them uh, for pointing the mistakes out because I know the weakness of my, ailment, uh, the weakness of my state. But there are some people who will find the things that are actually right with the video and they'll go after me for those things as well. And a thousand explanations won't placate them. I'm okay with that, alhamdulillah, mashallah. Uh, I saw a dream uh, uh, in which uh, uh, I was visiting my parents and uh, two men uh, came uh, uh, and started firing guns at me and I hid behind a tree. And then I thought, you know, I have Yasin, why should I be afraid of these people? And uh, uh, I, went toward both of them and disarmed them and when i woke up i asked one of our elders one of our mashaykh what the interpretation of the dream is and he said that somebody is going to go after your your, irdhi, your honor and uh, uh cast dispersions on your deen and uh, just read surah yasi and allah ta'ala will protect you from whatever nonsense they throw at you these types of dreams i have them again and again alhamdulillah mashallah these types of uh uh, these types of tribulations i have them again and again it's nothing to be afraid of it's nothing for you to be afraid of either uh, take the word of Allah Ta'ala and say the haq Inshallah Allah Ta'ala, his kalam will protect you and the haq will protect you. If there's anything wrong in what I said, may Allah Ta'ala show me hidayah and show me a better way uh, and show those who are listening a better way. And if there's something right, may Allah Ta'ala put barakah in it, make it a kafara for our sins and make it a reason that he decrees uh, islah and rectification for what's broken from our hal. And Allah Ta'ala knows how broken my hal is. Uh, that Allah Ta'ala make it a reason for its rectification and betterment. Uh, and the betterment and rectification of the hal of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as an ummah we have big problems to deal with we cannot afford uh, this foolery uh, we have big problems to deal with and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise from amongst this ummah a group of people who are serious about dealing with those problems and working together uh, for those problems and may he protect us from the, uh, uh, the the laughing of the jackals and the hyenas uh, who uh, say that uh, my father was sultan even though even though uh, they have no claim for any sort of authority. Uh, and they are the ghair ahl that were mentioned in the hadith at the beginning of this talk. Allah Ta'ala protect us all. Sallallahu ta'ala, our Rasuluhi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.